the sermon cast from King Road Church. It's our desire that God uses this message to bring you closer to Him. If you'd like to pray with someone, speak with one of our pastors, or if you're looking for more resources, please go to kingroad.ca, scroll down on the homepage, and fill out the Reach Out fillable. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. The Parable of the Sower That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And a whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has more, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. Then tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, and immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He, under he indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. This is a passage that many of you have heard many times through your lives. You, uh, I mean, growing up in Sunday school, you hear about this, you hear little cute stories and like illustrations about it and all this stuff. But just because it's super familiar to it, I ask that you not check out at the beginning and think you know everything because we always have stuff to learn as we go 
to God's word. So <clears throat> parable of the soils is a lot to look at. Um, so you might say that uh, we better dig in because we have a lot of ground to cover. That's right. That's right. That's as good as it gets. Um, so the big idea for today is fruitlessness is not a failure of the sower, but a failure of the soil. Fruitlessness is not a failure of the sower, but a failure of the soil. And as we go through this today, normally I go through verse by verse, uh, but because of the way Matthew has written this, he's, he tells the parable, and then he has this interlude explaining why he tells parables, and then he explains the parable. So, so last week, Heinz preached that middle part, the, like, so we decided to start the year off with, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, kind of, as we get into 2023, let's be hearing what the Lord is saying to us, let's go to his word, let's spend time in prayer, let's go to church, all of these good things, so that we can be discipled by God through his word. So today, we're going to dive into the actual parable and the explanation of the parable, okay? So the points... For today, though, are understand the seed, understand the soils, and understand the sower. So the first one, understand the seed. Let's look at first the verses. I'm going to put a slide up that um, has the four verses where you see the term seeds show up. So we need to, we need to know what the seeds actually are, right? So... First one, verse 13, or 13, verse 4, says some seeds fell along the path. 13, verse 5, other seeds fell on rocky soil. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns. Verse 8, other seeds fell on good soil. So he's not, when he says other seeds, he doesn't mean a different type of seed. He just means more seeds. So this sower, he's going out and he's sowing these seeds, but they're all the same, but they're not different ones for each soil. It's all the same seed. And so you've got different soils, though. But the seed is the same. And what is the seed? Verse 19, Jesus says, it's the word of the kingdom. Okay, so what's the word of the kingdom? The seed that is being spread, Jesus calls it the word of the kingdom. And again, it can be easy to jump to a conclusion and go, because, go oh, that's the gospel. And yeah, for on this side of the cross, it's fair to say that it's the gospel. But in his day, we got to think about the context he's preaching to. And what has Matthew written about Jesus' teaching up to this point? What has Jesus been teaching? It's important to look at that. So if you look back in Matthew, and I'll read a couple of examples of things that he's said. So the first words out of Jesus' mouth when he begins his preaching ministry. The first word is repent. And then the phrase, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here Jesus is mentioning the kingdom. He's saying the kingdom of heaven. And that we need to repent. Because here it is. It's begun in him. And then the Sermon on the Mount, he teaches that the king, he teaches about the kingdom of heaven over and over in the Beatitudes. He talks about what the, the characteristics are of the people of the kingdom of heaven. And then in the upcoming parables, even after this one, he says over and over, the kingdom of heaven is like 
this, and the kingdom of heaven is like that. And we'll get, we'll get into those in the coming weeks. And Matthew also calls the word of the kingdom in Matthew, he, he also describes it as the gospel of the kingdom. Okay, so we're getting an idea of, of Jesus' focus on the kingdom, and he's saying there's a word of the kingdom, a gospel of the kingdom. Those are synonymous. The kingdom has come in Christ, and that is good news, is what he's saying. So we're good biblical scholars, and we look at the rest of the book of Matthew, and we can understand how Matthew is using these terms. And we can see that by kingdom, Jesus means the kingdom of heaven, which is also the kingdom of God. Okay, so when you're, when you're reading through Matthew and you're seeing the kingdom mentioned as the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, those aren't different things. It's the same thing. So the seed is the word of the kingdom, which isn't just some facts about the kingdom, but it is the life-changing, evil-defeating, angels-rejoicing news that the kingdom has begun in Jesus Christ. That is the word of the kingdom. And why is it such good news? Because it's the death knell to sin. The death knell, um, if you're not familiar with that term, it means um, in, in old days when, when there was, it's like the church bell ringing when the funeral's about to begin. It's, it's the death knell. Somebody has died. And so the death knell to sin in, in the good news of the kingdom is that sin is dying because Jesus has come. Jesus' inauguration of the kingdom meant that it was game over for Satan. Right? Jesus gets out of his, right, when he gets baptized, he gets taken away by the spirit into the desert. He gets tempted by Satan for 40 days. He overcomes the temptation. Unlike Adam, who was tempted by Satan in the garden and failed immediately, Jesus overcomes the temptation. Jesus defeats the temptation. The calling card is clear. Jesus is here. Satan, you're finished. And it's all meant that what was broken in the world is about to be restored. And we see this in Jesus' ministry when he's healing people, when he raises the dead. All of these things that shouldn't be illness, sickness, disease, mistreatment of outsiders. Jesus starts to reverse all of those things. And you can see that the new creation, the, the, the new kingdom that Jesus, that God is making all things new, has begun in Christ. So the kingdom has begun in Jesus. This is the seed that the sower is spreading. Good seed, right? Seed that should be cast everywhere for all to hear. Seed that should get everyone excited, right? But some people don't get excited. Because attached to this amazing news of the kingdom beginning in Jesus is that call to obedience, the call to repent. Because that means there's an authority higher than you and I that we have to answer to. So when the seed goes out, when the word of God is spoken, not all the soils are receptive. But it's not the fault of the seed. 
Here's what one of the New Testament writers writes about how the seed works, except this time he uses the image of a sword instead. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So the sword, the word of God, comes in and exposes what is good and what is not within us. And when we hear the word preached or we go to the Bible and read, and if we approach it with humility, we can feel that sword sometimes, right? Because we read it and it's hard to hear because it's exposing what's wrong within myself. So it reveals the intentions of my heart and that even sometimes when I do good things, it's under bad intentions. Selfish reasons. I want to be seen by others. So the word of God exposes this in us. And it's the same with the seed. When it falls and doesn't produce a crop, it reveals what's wrong with the soil. So let's take a look at the soils. So second point, understand the soils. In this parable, Jesus makes it clear that there are different types of soils. He gives four examples. And that all the seed can fall on when the sower goes out. And they each produce a different result. So we're going to look at each one. So first one is the path. Which is like a hard path, right? You go walking through the forest and somebody's gone ahead of you and they have this nice hard trodden path that's ahead of you. Nothing's growing on it. There's, maybe it's gravel. Or maybe in our day it's asphalt. Right? You're on the sidewalk. Nothing's growing on the sidewalk. So verse 13, verse 3. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Then the explanation of this, in verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So this seed, this word of the kingdom or gospel of the kingdom gets spread, lands on the path, which is a person with, with a heart that is rock hard. A heart that is not receptive at all to what God's word says, has no interest in understanding it, um, opens it up and just, like, comes to the Bible, opens it up and says, well, it's just full of begat, 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 begat. They don't think it matters. They don't think there's any reason to be in it. They think maybe belief in God is foolish, or maybe it's like a lady that I used to commute to work with, talking with her about Jesus and the gospel and just talking about, you know, my life and, and my and Carla's life and that we go to church and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, religion's for the weak-minded. Oh, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> but she had no use for it. This is the hard path. Another coworker I had at one point um, had no animosity towards the gospel or to the Bible, 
him and I were actually quite good friends at the, on the job. We enjoyed working together. It was, it was fun. We sat beside each other. We would laugh together. Uh, he and his wife would invite Carla and I over for dinner, and he would even ask me to pray. It was just his way of being polite to us. But he had no interest in trying to understand the gospel. This is the hard path. The enemy has snatched away understanding. There's no care. So next one, the rocky ground. Verses 5 and 6. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, and since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. So Jesus' explanation, verses 20 and 21. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. If you've been a, a Christian a number of years, maybe you've shared the gospel with other people, maybe, maybe you've grown up in the church and you remember people that have come and gone from the church. You remember somebody that expressed uh, excitement at the gospel right up front. Somebody, somebody that, that heard the news and was like, yes, maybe it was at summer camp. This person came to believe in Jesus. But then as time goes on and the pressures of the world came and some persecution, maybe just light persecution, even a little bit of mockery, the person abandons it, walks away. This is the rocky soil. I think we actually see this in our culture right now and people who profess, profess to be Christians and have for a long time and then suddenly change their views on human sexuality. And they just start going along with the culture. You want to sleep with, you want to sleep with your, your partner before you're married? That's okay. Homosexuality? No big deal. And they have switched their view because the pressures of the culture around them say that, no, this is what's normal over here. What you see in scripture? No, that's ancient, antiquated. If you believe that, you're a bigot, you're a dinosaur. Forget it. Believe what the world is saying. Believe what's going on in our culture. All of it's good. All of it's fine. No big deal. And the pressure of the persecution that can come, maybe from a family, or maybe from a workplace, maybe from friends, neighbors, is just too much. So they either abandon it altogether or they surround themselves with friends and teachers and podcasts that affirm their newfound belief. This also is the rocky soil. And when they're rocky soil, they call into question the goodness and clarity and purity of the seed. Rocky soil appear appears to be good at first, but proves to be lacking. Third thing, the thorny ground. 
13 verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Jesus' explanation. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. <clears throat> this is like, um, the, the image that came to my mind was, was the guy who works 16 hours a day, six, maybe seven days a week. And he works hard, 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 and he, stay, he avoids or ends up staying away from his family, neglecting his family, re- neglecting his relationship with his church or with his fellow church members. Yeah, he warms the pews Sunday morning, but other than that, hard to find any fruit of the Spirit in him. And he gets home from church after Sunday lunch. He goes back outside, prepares, to, prepares in the shop for the next day. Right, just can't have a full day of rest. Must get back to the job and make sure that he's building up. Because man, this this business is building. Things are getting busier. I've got to keep it going. I've got to do it. I've got to provide for the family. And so then he points to the great house they have, and he points to the cabin they have, and the boat that they have, and the handbags that his wife carries. And he goes, "Look at how I'm providing. I am good." This is the person who Jesus was thinking about when he said, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Or the thorny soil could also be the girl who grew up around the right kids, in the right family, was excited to follow Jesus, has been baptized, yet her heart has been wooed away by the opportunity of popularity or to date that, that right boy who actually is the wrong boy. Or to climb the corporate ladder. Like, when we, when we talk about these things, um, work isn't a bad thing, right? God made us to work. God actually gave Adam the, the, the command to work before the fall. Work isn't the result of the fall. So, so, you know, for those of us who think we're going to get to heaven and there's not going to be any work to do, hmm. Good luck with that. (laughs) Work is a good thing. Homes are good things. Having cars like transportation or vacations, these are good things. We need rest. They're good. But if, if, if you're in the thorny soil, or if that describes you, taking a good thing and making that a God thing turns it into a bad thing. So there's one good soil. Let's look at that, the good soil. 13 verse 8, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Jesus' explanation. Verse 23, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. The point Jesus is making here is that there there are people whose hearts are ready to receive the seed. They're ready to hear the word of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, 
They're ready to hear it. And when they do, they understand it and they believe it and they grow and they bear fruit. Christians who grow in their discipleship and help others grow in their discipleship. They love Jesus. They love his word. They love to come to church. They love to be surrounded by other believers. It is good. They love to go and talk to their neighbors who don't yet know Jesus about Jesus. This is good. Good soil. Even though they might be mocked and ridiculed, they have joy. They may experience peer pressure, yet they remain faithful. Riches and worldly care don't choke them out. Persecution doesn't stop them. Thinking of persecution, um, I mean, there's stories of people even going back into the area of persecution after they've received it. You've heard stories of missionaries who have been out in, in the field, and one of the missionaries... Um, the stories I'm thinking about were, were husbands who were killed by the, the people of the village or the town or the area, whatever. And the wife might take a time to go away and grieve, but then she comes back to reach the people there because she knows that this is what God has called them to and that even though God has thrown up this roadblock and this, uh, or allowed this roadblock or this speed bump of the death of her spouse, she still is going in to reach these people with the gospel because she knows that there are people in there who the Lord is calling. Or maybe it's the average guy who gets mocked for his faith at work, but he keeps going back. He keeps loving his, his co-workers and his, and his neighbors and his, his bosses. Keeps showing them grace and kindness and compassion. Psalm 1 uh, is a good description of, of the man who's been planted in good soil. Uh, and when I say man, I mean people, right? So the person who's planted in good soil, because Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, who sits in the seat of scoffers. But instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. And then the psalmist writes that this, he, he writes about him like a tree, that he's like a tree planted by good water, that he bears fruit in season and his leaf doesn't wither. This is a picture of the believer who's in the good soil. So if that's the case, if there is this good soil and other bad soils, shouldn't the sower... Only sow in the good soil? Like, isn't that a fair question? If, if you're a farmer and you have spent money on seed and you are going into your field, you're only going to plant that seed in the area that you've prepared for it, right? I mean, seed can be expensive. You don't want to sow it along the gravel driveway and along the area where the blackberries are. That's not going to do much for you. So to understand this sower, we need to look at who he is. So let's understand the sower. So, surprise, God is the sower. The sower isn't you or I, okay? 
Maybe that's, that's an understanding people can come, come away with, is the, the sower is the believer, but the, we aren't the sower. We're just tools. We're tools of sowing. So the sower takes us, uses us to spread the seed. So whether it's Jesus preaching in parables in his day or it's the Holy Spirit speaking through Christians around the world today, God is the one doing the sowing. And God generously casts the word of the kingdom everywhere. He's got plenty of seed. He's not worried about the cost. He's just spreading it. He's spreading it freely. As he walks along the path, he's spreading it. And he's spreading it on the thorns and he's spreading it on the rocks and he's spreading it on the good soil. He's just spreading it everywhere. And that might seem like a weird strategy. Is that not a waste? Remember, the seed is the word of the kingdom. And when God's word goes out, it doesn't return void to him. So when God sends out his word, it returns to him, accomplishing its purpose. So Isaiah 55 mentions this, how God's word works. Look at these verses, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So God's word accomplishes what God intends it to do, always. On all soils. It shows that the good soil is good, and it shows that the bad soil is bad. So the thing for us as his instruments going out and spreading the soil is we can't tell which soil is good and which is bad. We have been given the seed and he's using the seed through us to cast it out there. We don't know because again, we're just the instruments spreading the seed. One of the great privileges of being a preacher is that I get to speak to all sorts of people in large groups. So Sunday mornings, weddings, funerals, other events where I'm asked to go and pray or whatever. And sometimes you go to these things and there's, you, like a Sunday morning, you can, you can gather that most of the people in the church are probably there because they believe it or they want to understand it. But sometimes some of those other events, you don't know what you're going to get. And some of those times can be kind of exciting. It's always exciting because we get to share God's word, but sometimes the reactions, you know, they're a little surprising. I think of one funeral I did uh, back a number of years ago. We had a, a lady in our church who was, uh, her brother passed away. And she, she came to me and said, would you mind doing the funeral? It's going to be at a golf course. It's not at a church. Um, they've, they've reserved the you know, the clubhouse at the golf course or whatever, and going to have a memorial there. And she told me that he was a believer, but most of the family, most of the people there wouldn't be. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to come and I'm going to preach from the Bible, and I'm going to 
preach the gospel at this funeral. And, and she was like, yep, I want that. I'm like, all right. So I go to the, go to the funeral, and, um, you know, the people get up, and they're sharing their stories, and lots of, I mean, lots of stories from, from the family and from friends and all, from all sorts of, I mean, all sorts of colorful languages being used and everything. And I get up there and I start to um, preach and share and, and I, I know the crowd. And so I did craft it in a way that was crafted towards them using illustrations they could understand and things like that. But as soon as I mentioned about Jesus being the savior, one man stood up, waved his arm like this and walked out of the room in the sight of many. And that's, and that's not the only time I've had people walk out of funerals before either. Sometimes people come and, and they don't want to hear that. And you, and you can see the hardness of the soil as they leave. And is that heartbreaking? Yeah. But I also believe that God's word is doing its purpose. It exposes their hearts, and at the day of judgment, as they stand before God, they will be without excuse. Now, the thing about these bad soils and pathways, like I said before, is, is that we don't, know, we don't know where the good soil is or where the bad soil is. We also don't know what the sower is doing behind the scenes, because the sower, as a farmer, also prepares soil. I grew up on a farm, and we would have to go out into the field once in a while, and uh, before it was going to be plowed, because we sold the gravel out of the hill, okay? So you sell the gravel, it's a gravel pit for a little while, and then the company's supposed to fill it back up and only have topsoil on top. But inevitably, the company fails at that, and you've got these big stones. And now, guess what? The teenage boy gets to follow dad driving the tractor, picking up these stones and throwing them into the bucket. This is what farmers do, though. They prepare the soil. So just because the seed falls on rocky soil, we don't know if the Lord is out there as the sower, as the farmer, picking up those rocks to prepare for the next seeds that come. We don't know that he might be spraying weed and feed on the thorns that are growing. We don't know that on the asphalt path, he might have one of those machines that chews up the asphalt and spits it out, and he's taking it away and reclaiming the land to be ready for the seeds. Because sometimes that hardness doesn't respond, but then years later, you find out there was a response. And that's because the Lord changed the soil. It's not anything in the person that they did in and of themselves to make it happen. It is the Lord's doing. Because even for those of us who are saved and we know the Lord and we're excited about being Christians and we want to talk about Jesus and we we want to come to church and we want to serve and all this good stuff, we aren't here because we're good. We're here because of God's grace. Good soil is only good because of God's grace. So as seed-spreading tools in the hands of the sower, we just keep spreading and keep casting the seed far and wide because we don't know what's going to happen. But we do it because this is what the Lord has called us to. The sower is good and wise. 
and we're just his instruments. And since he's good and wise, we can trust his plans. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this parable. Lord Jesus, thank you for sharing this parable and ultimately, Lord, for giving the explanation too. We understand that in your day, as you were speaking it, uh, you knew that there were hard soils and rocky and thorny and good soils in the crowd that you were talking to. And that you chose to speak in parables so that the good soil would respond right away. But Lord, we also see in scripture people who were the hard soil, like the Apostle Paul, who then you changed. Lord Jesus, you changed his heart. You made it soft and receptive to your word. So Lord, I pray that for us in the room here, for those of us that are looking at ourselves and realizing what type of soil we are at the moment. Lord, by your spirit, I pray that you would till that soil Remove the thorns that need to be removed. Remove the rocks that need to be removed. Lord, by your spirit, work in the hearts of every one of us. May we all be good soil, Lord, for you. May we all produce fruit for your kingdom. So, Lord, give us patience for those around us. Uh, maybe, maybe we share and we spread the seed and we get frustrated with certain individuals. Give us patience. Help us to remember how patient you have been with us. And give us that same patience and grace for others. Thank you for who you are, Lord Jesus. Amen.